welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Men and Their Dogs. It is episode 71, day 39 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn, but I am not here with Tommy Gibbons tonight. Who are you here with? I am here with my husband and producer, Stephen Prendergast. Hey, bitches. And we also have a special guest tonight, an old friend of ours we haven't seen in too long a time, but yes. he's back here now. After moving to Patchog, the one and only John Sarek. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Thank John. Thank you for having me. So glad you could join us for this. They're soon to be moving to Patchog. Oh, I thought you already moved there. No, not yet. No, my lease isn't up yet in Plainview. Ah, yeah. Well, we'll get to more about He's just that there later. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, nothing really too new to tell you. We've been been laying low actually, right? Well, yeah, Tommy can't be here because he's He had a musical emergency to attend to. Yes. <laughs> He had to step in at Tech Week to finish directing a show. Yeah, I'm sure if he wants, he'll tell us about when he returns. But in the meantime, oh, I have a correction to issue from last week's episode. During our five faves, we were asked to name our five favorite deceased queer African Americans. And one of the people that I named... Isn't dead. Is not dead. Oh, oh my no. gosh, you should be shot. Yes, I know. His name, it was Johnny Mathis. He's still alive. He's still alive. He's still alive wow. because I'll give you that one because he's walking. I dead. saw some ad, <laughs> some advertisement for a concert that he's doing at the Westbury Music Fair or whatever it's really? called. Wow. So, yeah, he's still alive. So, my apologies to Mr. Mathis. Oh, Hold on one yeah. second. Johnny oh, you're going to check up his age? Yeah, I want to know how old he is. My uh, father used to listen to Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis, and he's a young, ripe 87 years old. Wow. wow. He's, yeah, and still going strong, still obviously. Going, still booking seats. He's yep. a year, year older than my mother. Wow, right? I'm glad you're still with us, Johnny. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, so we might as well just go right into our first segment then. Oh. <laughs> Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. And since we've been covering so many stories involving pets and violence lately and them attacking their owners with firearms, I thought I'd go a little bit off that path. This is about a man who punched a camel and then the camel stomped the man to death. Good, he deserves it. It happened at a children's camp in Russia. A watchman named Yuri was attempting to move the camel and he punched it. And the camel became enraged and attacked him. Good. Would you like to see the video of yeah, it? Yeah, I do. I <laughs> Somehow I knew you'd want to see that video. Yeah. You can find the link to the video on www.grumpyoldgamehead.com. <laughs> yes, we'll have, it on our, we'll have it on our bonus material. Uh, warning, distressing content. <sighs> and you can see the camel there in the lower right yeah. corner. And that looks like Yuri there. Yeah. Oh, and Yuri yeah, punches yeah, him right there. Punched just punched him. What a prick. You think that was on purpose? Yeah. Yeah, he just... And now the camel's like, not having it. Fuck oh you. no! And watch, watch what the camel does now. Oh my god! Yeah, he grabs a guy and starts <gasps> tossing him Toss. around. Oh, wow! Oh, it must no. be really bad because they're blurring his image. Yeah, yeah, he must have been very bloodied because in the end, supposedly he was stomped on. Then, but yeah, that, that <laughs> that's the camel on top of him. Oh, yeah. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'm sorry, but if you're going to punch a wild animal, yeah, expected to be punched back. I mean, unfortunately, this camel was not known to be aggressive or violent. It was always friendly around children, but they ended up putting it down anyway. Because of this prick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because of this idiot. Two lives lost because of one Yeah. So just, folks... 
don't punch your animals. Yeah. Whether they're your pets or their wildlife, don't punch them. They they may punch you back. Or worse. Get a gun. Are you <laughs> me to stop punching you? Because <laughs> I do have a gun. <laughs> oh, yes. We now move on to our canine compendium, our Dictionary of Dogs. Ooh. And we're up to the letter T tonight. And this will be a dog I know that neither one of you have heard of. It's called the Tigan or Tagan. Would you like to see a picture of yeah, it? Yeah, sure. This is the Tagan or Tigan. Oh, okay. Okay, it's I, like I a... It's Afghan. I, yeah. Yeah. It's a breed of dog that originated in uh, what is now called Kyrgyzstan. It's primarily known as a sighthound. For hunting and stuff, it you know used you know basically doesn't go by I guess by sense so much, but more by sight and sound. It's known for its extraordinary stamina at high altitudes and its versatility while hunting. Same. They are <laughs> they are also capable of following scent trails and have a reputation for retrieving game. That has medium length and slightly curly hair, and has a wide range of colors from white and shades of fawn through to grays and black. Since the breakup of the Soviet Union, sadly, its numbers have significantly declined. But the Russian Kennel Club is now making concerted efforts to ensure the breed's survival. Wonderful. Right? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty dog. It is a pretty dog. Look at that face. Yeah, it's a happy Almost dog. like a greyhound. Right? In the face. Yeah, because uh, the whole build of it, too. It's yeah. such yeah. a thin build to it. It's like a hairy greyhound. Yeah. Must run like hell, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look at that. The yeah, mixed color. That muscles. Right? So, yeah. So, that's the story of the Tagan or Tigon, however you want to pronounce it. We now move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. Yes, it's time for today's <laughs> birthdays. And whose birthdays is it? Well, be and it's Black History Month, I thought I'd use two black persons' birthdays. Both of them are dead. Okay. In honor of Tommy, because I always give Tommy dead people dead for people. birthdays. Dead people. This, this, one, this first one I'm going to discuss you've never heard of before, I'm sure. Her name is Rebecca Lee Crumpler. She was born February 8th, 1831 in Delaware. She was raised by her aunt in, or aunt, in <laughs> Pennsylvania, who acted as the local doctor for the community, although she had no kind of formal training. Wow. And that had a big influence on Rebecca then. She then moved to, to Massachusetts in 1852, where she worked as a nurse, before she was accepted into the New England Female Medical College in 1860. She was the only African-American woman to attend that school at the time. Wow. She was named a doctor of medicine in 1864, and she was the country's first African-American woman to become a formally trained physician. Got a girl. She first practiced medicine in Boston, primarily serving poor women and children. And after the Civil War ended in 1865, she moved to Richmond, Virginia, believing that she could help more down there after the war. Yeah. She worked for the, for the Freedmen's Bureau to provide medical care for freed slaves. And later on, she moved back to Boston, where she continued to treat poor women and children. She also published a book in 1883 called A Book of Medical Discourses, which was mm. primarily about pediatric me medical care. Unfortunately, due to our racism and sexism of the time period, many male physicians did not respect her and would not, they would not approve her prescriptions for patients or listen to her medical opinions at all. Terrible. But today, there's a medical society named for her, the Rebecca Lee Society, and there's her home on Joy Street in Boston is now on the Boston Women's Heritage Trail. Awesome. Nice. Right? 
So oh, happy yeah. birthday. Happy well, birthday. happy birthday to Dr. Crumpler. Oh, yes, okay. Dr. Crumpler, Rebecca Lee. Our next birthday celebrant you may have heard of. He was born February 8th, 1960 in Illinois, where he was adopted. Due to a kidney disease and the medications used to treat it, his physical growth was stunted, and his maximum height was 4 feet 8 inches tall. Kevin Hart? Nope. <laughs> Kevin Hart? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he's short. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of short. What you talk about, Willis? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Is Gary oh, Coleman? Oh, Gary! He actually underwent two unsuccessful kidney transplants in 1973 and 84, but still required dialysis after that. Oh. His first acting job was a 1974 commercial for Harris Bank. In 1977, he appeared in a pilot of a remake of Little Rascals, which was not picked up, but he caught the attention of studio executives, and he was then cast as Arnold Jackson in the TV sitcom Different Strokes, which ran for eight seasons until 1986. Wow, only eight seasons. Yep. I could have sworn it was more. Oh, it seemed like it was on it forever. It seems like it was, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot, though. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a long time. Yeah. He was the highest paid child actor on TV through the 1970s and 80s, wow. earning $100,000 per episode. Wow. But a Biography Channel documentary estimated that he was left with a quarter of that money that he received after paying his parents, advisors, lawyers, and taxes. Wow, that sucks. In 1989, he sued his parents and former business advisor for misappropriating his trust fund and won a $1.28 million judgment in 1993. But then 10 years later, he was forced to declare bankruptcy. Mm. Did not have an easy life, this man. He continued to appear in films and TV. He actually married a film extra in 2007 and they divorced in 2008. Throughout his life, he battled with substance abuse and depression. And he died in a hospital in Utah at age 42. Wow. After being admitted two days after, uh, two days earlier, f- after falling down the stairs and resulting in an epidural hematoma. Oh. Of course, he was famously parried in the Broadway musical Avenue Q. And from what I read, the show's writers originally wanted him to play himself. Really? And he showed some interest, and they arranged a meeting with him, and he never showed up for the meeting. Really? And then he tried to sue the show. Why? For this misappropriation of his image, I guess. But he never, the lawsuit never materialized, never followed through on it. So that's the somewhat sad story of Gary Coleman, you know? Poor guy. Right? So, to Gary Coleman and to Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler, we say... Happy birthday! Happy birthday to yous. We now move on to our next segment. Go through that? Oh, no, that's the birthdays, but they were all dead. Yeah, they were all dead. But these are about people who died recently. Okay. And this person died on February 3rd of this year. Let's see if you can figure out who he was. He was born Francisco Rabaneda Cuervo in the Basque region of Spain. He rose to prominence as a rebel of the fashion world in the 1960s with his use of unconventional materials such as plastic and metal in his clothing and for his incorporation of futuristic elements in his designs. 
He collaborated with a range of iconic fashion houses, including Dior and Givenchy. And he designed costumes for films, such as the Jane Fonda film Barbarella. Oh, shit. Remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was also the recipient of several rewards, uh, of several awards, including the Legion of Honor, which recognizes contributions to the arts and fashion. Probably here in America, he was best known for his fragrances. No, no clue yet. Is it Calvin Klein? Nope. Well, he's still alive, Calvin Klein. Ferragamo. Okay. Nope. Nope, nope. One more guess. Louis Vuitton. Nope, <laughs> nope. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, his fragrances? Yeah. I remember, yeah. I had his scent. I had his uh, his cologne. Tommy Hilfiger. No. He's American. I have nope. no idea who. Paco Rabanne. Damn it. <laughs> Come on, at one point we all had his cologne, oh right? God, he might be too young for it. No, they're but... still pumping at Paco Rabanne. <laughs> but some things I learned about him, he was known for making some very weird public statements. He claimed that he had lived several lives in the past, including a prostitute in the time of Louis XV. Right, okay. He claimed to have known Jesus in a previous life. Yes, as one does. He claimed that he saw God three times, that he was visited by extraterrestrials, that he murdered King Tut, and that he is uh, 75,000 years old. In 1999, he announced that at the age of 17, he had visions of Parisians in flames throwing themselves into the Seine River, and that after studying other prophecies, he came to the conclusion that the Mir space station was going to crash in France at the time of the solar eclipse on August 11th of 1999. It's debris killing thousands in Paris and in the, in the surrounding region. In May 10th of 1999, he said that he would not make any more predictions if the, st uh, the station did not crash. However, he then claimed to have had an apparition of the Virgin Mary that told him to continue making predictions. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what she's doing with her time. Oh my gosh. So, yes. So he, he was a crackpot. Yes, to say the least. Say the least. But he died at his home at the age of 88 in France. Wow, wow good life. Yeah. So, rest in peace, Paco Rabanne. Paco Rabanne. Okay. Okay. We now move on to our next segment. Today in history. And today I in history. I he was corny through this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> You could be cornier, though. Yeah. Uh, I'll try. Yeah. I'll try to be more like straight dad-like, yeah. okay? Today in film history, this film opened, directed by D.W. Griffith. It was the highest grossing film in history until Gone with the Wind in 1939. came out in 1915. Either one of you? It's the fuck out of me, yeah. The film was called The Birth of a Nation. The Birth of a Nation. Have you ever seen The Birth of a Nation? No, I can't say that I have. Oh, you should. It's quite a movie. Yeah? Well, it's also known for, has made, made many cinematic achievements. It was the first non-serial, 12-reel film ever made in the United States. Okay. Most of them were just like, you know, the serial dramas or whatever. Yeah. This was like one continuous film. Oh, wow. Uh, it was over three hours in length. Damn. It was the first American-made film to have a musical score written for the orchestra. Before that, a lot of them were just for the piano or whatever. Right. It also pioneered the use of close-ups and fade-outs. And it was the first motion pictures to be screened inside the White House. Really? Wow. That's yes. interesting. But it is also known as the most controversial film ever made in the United States. Why? And the most reprehensibly racist film in oh, Hollywood history. Oh, there it is. 
Many of the uh, black characters in the film are portrayed by men in whiteface. Mm. In fact, I watched bits of the film earlier. The only time you see actual black men in the film is when they are either sitting doing nothing or standing doing nothing. They are none of the true actors Actors. in the films. All the other black characters are played by white men in blackface. And they're being portrayed as unintelligent and sexually aggressive towards white women. And the KKK was portrayed as the heroic force, oh, of which saves the were. white people in the oh, end. Which I, which, another thing I didn't know, which I learned researching this, was that the director, D.W. Griffith, his father served as a colonel in the Confederate uh, Army. Oh, how wow. convenient. Yeah, so I think we know how where his uh, sympathies lie. Right. Yeah. The film was a hit, but African Americans across the United States organized and protested. In Boston, uh, the NAACP spearheaded an unsuccessful campaign to have it banned on the basis that it inflamed racial tensions and could incite violence. When the film was released, riots broke out in many major cities across the United States. It was a catalyst for gangs of whites to attack blacks. A century later, a Harvard University research paper found that lynchings in the country rose five in the month after the film was opened. Wow. Right. It was also, the film was banned in three states and in 12 cities. So it was like, but it really glorified the Klan to the extent that merchandisers were selling KKK hats and kitchen aprons. Movie ushers were dressing in Klan robes for openings. Oh my God, that's a... Choice. In New York, they were having Klan-themed balls. Oh, God. And in Chicago that Halloween, thousands of college students dressed in robes for a massive Klan-themed party. Holy Can you shit. imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, God. Well, I was also, I was reading it because I said the film was, like, it was, he shot, like, 36 hours worth of film and he edited it down to just over three hours. And several scenes were cut at the insistence of the New York City mayor because he believed it was going to cause a riot in the city. One of the scenes includes a female abolitionist recoiling from the body odor of a black boy. Also shows black men seizing white women on the streets. And it shows the deportation of blacks with the title... Lincoln's Solution. Oh, no. Jesus. That's what was cut from the film. Holy shit. It's horrible. You should watch it once. The first half of the film, it, it, it centers on these two families. One's pro-Union, one's pro-Confederacy. And it starts with events leading up to the war, and then it shows Lincoln's assassination, and then the Reconstruction period afterwards. And that's where really the whole fiction really comes into it. It really takes the whole lost cause approach to the Civil War. Jeez. And the South. You lost. Get over it. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that happened today. Came out today. Wow. Right? Thank God we've come a long Something way. Something we didn't really need to remember. <laughs> I know. Well, I figure since it is Black History Month, yes. Yes. it should be recognized. But also today, on February 8th, 1986, figure skater Debbie Thomas became the first African American to win the women's single at the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. Wow. A month later, she became the first African American woman to win the world's world of uh, the women's world figure skating championships. Yes. Right? Very nice. 
At the time that she was competing, she was a pre-med student at Stanford University. Yes, yes. and that brain. Right? Okay. As smart as hell if she's at Stanford, the yeah. number one college in the country. Yeah. And it's really unusual for someone to be attending college while they're training for the, yeah. Olympics. the Olympics. But after her Olympic career and everything, she be, later became an orthopedic surgeon. That's awesome. Fantastic. Right? Wow. So good for you, Debbie Thomas, today. Yeah. We now move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play tell me? What day is it? I'm confused, you say. Yes, time for what, what day, day is it? What day is it? Today is National Kite Flying Day. Go fly a kite. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever flown a kite, John? I have flown a kite, yes. Yes? Yeah. What kind of a kite did you fly? You know, like the ones you get to go to the beach with. You know, like okay. those types of kites. Was it, a, was it a box kite? Was it the, the regular cheapo kite that you can pay yeah, like $5 for? Yeah, the cheap shit. <laughs> okay. And what about mother, you, Steve? My mother wasn't made of money. If she yeah. was buying one of us a kite, she had to get all of us a kite. So it was the 25-cent jobby yep. plastic yep. thing. Yep. That the tail always fell off once the wind hit it. Yep. <laughs> I used to love watching the guys down at the beach who would be steering the kites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are great to watch. Yeah. Uh, down in Especially North if they had like a dragon thing. Like, yeah. Oh, the dragon kites are Down great. in North Carolina by my mother, they actually have they have a place we've been there, Kitty Hawk Kites. Okay. And they have all those big, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Like the shapes. The, the shapes and yeah. the yeah, yeah. different... Cool. And they do different tricks and they have contests and, yeah. and I, that's... I love watching that. Do you know where a kite supposedly originated from? Uh, if I had to guess, I would guess Germany. No! China! Really? Around 470 BC. Although there's also evidence of kite flying among the inhabitants of the South Seas Islands. Really? As well. Wow. And they use, if, they use kites for fishing. Yeah, good wind, yeah. Right? Early kites were constructed from bamboo or sturdy reeds for their frames. They used the leaves, silk, or paper for the sails. And vines or braided fibers were made, uh, made the line of the tether. And uh, they were used not only as tools, but for ceremonial reasons as well. Cool. They would send messages up to the heavens or lift offerings up to the gods on the kites. Okay. So, yeah, and the largest kite was flown in February 15th, 2005 by... Abdul Rahman Al Farsi and Faris Al Farsi in Kuwait City. The, the 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 kite was eighty three feet seven inches long, Whoa. and one hundred thirty one feet three inches wide. Wow! Was uh, was uh, flown at a festival there in Kuwait City. That's awesome. Wow! That's a big fucking kite. And that wasn't a hang glider. It was just a regular kite. Uh, it was a kite. Wow. Yeah. So, happy kite flying day. We now move on to our next segment. You're going to have to fill in for Tommy here. Turn your head and cough. That was good, right? Yeah. That's good. God, the emphysema poster boy here. <laughs> Holy shit. You Jesus. told me to fill in for Tommy. That's what Tommy's out for. Yes. <laughs> I, I think we all watched President Biden's State of the Union address last night. Oh, we sure did. Uh-huh. And among the things he was talking about was Medicare and how the federal government would now allow Medicare to negotiate what it pays for prescription medicines. And he cited law. Uh, well, I'll get into the other part later. But I looked into this a little further, what it all means. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. It allows yeah. Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices with manufacturers, but it will not take effect until 2026 and the initial group of negotiable drugs will be limited to 10 
that what? year. More drugs will be added to the negotiation list each year. That's bullshit. The, because the Department well, of something. Health... It's something. Because the Department of Health and Human Services is barred from negotiating on prescription jobs, drugs in the Medicare program until they've been on the market for several years. Okay. So several? Or, like, did they give an actual... They don't give a, an actual time frame. I guess it varies from case to so, case. So they know? lose their, their status. So, yeah, just so people are clear on, you know, you're not going to see those benefits right away. Well, right now, seniors are seeing it, at least in the diabetes drugs. Okay. Because I believe Biden already signed the $35 max on the the insulin for seniors right on Medicaid yep and he's trying to open it up to well that was everyone. the other thing yeah he talked about how right now under the inflation reduction act there's a 35 month 35 dollar per month limit on insulin prices for older adults on Medicare mm-hmm. he wants to expand that to everybody Everything. it should be like come on it's life saving Medication. Medication. Yeah. It shouldn't be... I know. He talked about how much it costs to make yeah. and to sell and manufacture. And, you it know, it's like, it's come on. $13 it's to make and they're charging these people on Medicaid $500 a month. To live. To yep. live. And they have... And on Medicaid, there's, what, a $2,000 deductible. So they're... They're having to spend their whole Medicaid, yeah, just uh, their so Social Security yeah. check oh, on medicine. And what old person do you know of that's just on one medication? No. I mean, he's not even a senior, and he's on, what, 19 pills? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about nine, nine? medications I take throughout the day. Nine. Oh, oh, oh. Well, anyway, a new UN report came out on Tuesday that said that superbugs are now a major global health risk. Yeah. And they say a lot of the responsibility for it is the pharmaceutical and the agricultural industries. Yeah. Because they've been inadvertently driving pathogens to evolve to outsmart all the currently available medications. Mm-hmm. Antimicrobial resistance has been identified as one of the Top 10 threats to global health. Great. It says in 2019, an estimated 1.3 million deaths were directly linked to drug-resistant infections. Nearly 5 million deaths were associated with AMR, antimicrobial resistance. They said at that pace, they said that by 2050, there could be up to 10 million additional deaths per year. And the economic toll would result in a gross domestic product drop of at least... $3.4 $3.4 trillion by 2030 in the U.S. That's U.S. owned. Yeah. Oh, God. They say AMR has been closely linked to the crisis of climate change, biodiversity loss, pollution, and waste, and driven by human activity and unsustainable consumption and production patterns. Right. They recommend funding for national development planning, climate change initiatives, monitoring for the evolution of new bugs. They should also consider placing limits on the use of antimicrobials on farms and the distribution charge of wastewater from pharmaceutical companies and improving wastewater management and sa- and sanitation practices. Absolutely. A little too little, a little too little. <coughs> yeah, I know. It's about, I guess you've got to do something, you know? We now move on to our next segment. How about a little round of Get the Guests? Get the Guests. Get the Guests. Yes, it's time to play Get the Guests with our guest, John Sarek. Hello. <laughs> 
So, John, as we were talking about before, you're in the process of moving to Patchogue. I am. I am. I currently live in Plainview, and I've been living there for about four years and uh, shacking up. And who will you be shacking up with? Well, I'll be shacking up with my boyfriends, uh, John and Kurt. Ah, so you're involved in a thruple. Yeah, that's what they call it. And how long have you been together? It's going to be a year on March 4th. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So how did you happen to meet? So I was working at a bar uh, locally, a little gay joint. I'm sure a lot of people know it. And uh, they just came in. And they just kept coming in, and uh, we started hanging out outside the bar, and the rest is history. Cool. Now, how did it get to the point where you became a part of this arrangement or relationship with them? So, the funny part about this is this all started with a non-sexual cuddling situation. Okay. It was a joke with the other bartender, and uh, I just kept going over there, and eventually they, um, they were like... Like, well, what do you think of this? What do you, you know, I'm like, yeah, like I could, I could do it. Listen, I was the biggest, like, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I was so against thruples. So I was just like, that's so greedy. Like, come on, you know, we'll leave some for our single gals out there. Like, <laughs> you already have somebody. Why do you need a third? How does it even work? Is it bullshit? And then you get in one and you're like, oh, wow, no, this makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So um, they just, they asked me out and I said, yes. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Now, I guess, it, nice. I guess one question is, I guess they, the other two were a couple already when Correct. we met them, they right? They've been married for 20 years. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, has there been any problems of like jealousy if someone's paying too much attention to you or if you're giving too much attention to one of the others? Uh, it's come up. It has and, come up. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it comes up because, you know, we're human, so you do get jealous of certain things, and this is a very new situation for all of us, so, you know, jealousy is bound to come up. So, we talk about things before it happens, and if somebody feels slighted, then they express that they felt slighted, and then we were like, all right, you know, sorry, we'll, we'll watch, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's all about communication. That's cool. the key. Yeah. Now, you've been in both couple relationships and now a throuple relationship. I have, yeah. What would you say are, what do they have in common, do you think? That you want to strangle the other people, a person, <laughs> at some point. <laughs> And uh, it's it's more it's more so different than it is similar. Um, it's similar in the fact that you have somebody to have your back and to be there for you and to love you and to support you and you know all this good stuff. Right. But like with three, then you have double. You know, like it's now you have two people that you can have that. You have double support. the support. You yeah. have double the support. You have double the you know everything. It's, yeah. it's literally doubling the good, but sometimes it doubles the bad, and then you work through that. Now, do you? Is there ever a situation like where if you're having a disagreement about something that's like two against one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah that's happened. And um, how is that resolved? So, the loser's the bottom. So, <laughs> no, they're actually the winner. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. So this exactly. So this um, this has come up as well. And actually, funny enough, recently I was having a disagreement with one of them, and I'm not going to call them out. So. Yeah. So I'm disagreeing with one of them, and then I got mad at the other one. I'm like, why don't you step in and say something? You're, you've been sitting here silent. And he's like, yeah, no, I probably should have. I'm sorry. So, like, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah. But we try to make it more of a unit, kind of like a powwow situation. Yeah. Rather than, you know, like, the person could be upset. They kind of go into their own space for whatever time they need. 
they collect their shit, come down to the other two, the three of us talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So, you would say, I guess, communication is really the key to maintaining this type of relationship. Yes, it is the key. Now, do you see any advantages it has over a couple relationship? Well, like I said before, double the, you know, support and love and whatever. Hey, we're, wait, let me get this right. We're tinks. We're triple income, no kids. So, (laughs) (laughs) But then, like with the bad, like you have to buy three of everything. You know, so like it's there is a give and take, but like hey, it's it's yeah, but you're skinny. How much can you need? Exactly. (laughs) I'm living the dream. You know, it's it's nice to be very financially like stable. Yeah. You know, like when of you course. have those three incomes coming together. Yeah. So that's, it's a really, it's even more support and security. Yeah. yeah. Now, how has each of your families uh, reacted to all of this? Oh, this one's an interesting one. Um, So I actually, this past Thanksgiving was the first time I met everybody. So I met them at Thanksgiving dinner and uh, everybody's on board. Everybody was very cordial and nice. And, you know, I couldn't have asked for, I mean, I could, you know, it could have been a warmer reception, but it was definitely a welcome yeah. reception, which it really was very nice. I was very nervous about that. It can take everybody a little time to get used to yeah. shit. <laughs> but on my side, my parents are in Florida, so my mom is basically... I mean, my dad has never been into the whole why I want to know about your gay life Okay, that's a shame. So, like, well, we leave him in the dark, and it's, he's happier that way, but whatever. But when it comes to my mom, she's the one who's really, you know, like actually listening, paying attention, whatever. And she, you know, she, my mom's always been nervous for me for, for anything, for any reason. Like, I don't want you to get your heart broken. Like, you know, you're so like emotionally like out there that like, you know, so she was concerned, but she, I would hope to think that she's just going to accept it right off the bat because she has really no choice. And like, you know, it's this over and over and over again. When are you getting off the merry-go-round, mom? So she got off the merry-go-round and just accepted from the get-go and let's go. Yeah. yeah. How have your friends reacted to everyone's it? Everyone's loved them. And yeah. Loved, everyone's, everyone's received everyone else very well. No one's told you, what the fuck are you doing? You're crazy. No. No. Nobody said, oh, good. They said, they said, are you happy? And I explained to them, I'm very happy. I explained them. The I think that's the first thing I said to you. Yeah. Is- yeah, like, and I explained. Are you happy? Double the support, fuck everyone else. Double the love. <laughs> I explained that, and they go, "Well, no, no, that makes sense." And I go, "Okay, yeah, great. Thanks, thanks for being on board." Yeah. yeah. Has it ever been a problem in any any type of social situation at all? So, an interesting thing that we're coming up against is wedding season is coming up. Yes, the plus ones. So, I already have two weddings that I know I'm being invited to, and both sides of that have already reached out and said, so what are all your names for the invitation? Okay. So, like, listen, I know how expensive weddings are, and I know how expensive, you know, plus one, and how reluctant people are for plus ones to begin with, never mind a plus two. Yeah. yeah. But, like, if people can invite their whole entire fucking family, like, I can bring both of my boyfriends. Yeah. So, like, we don't have to deal with that situation, because people have been very receptive and kind about it. Well, so, good. Yeah. Good. All right, so it hasn't, so hasn't been a problem. It hasn't arisen as a problem at all. No, and you know, like... You the, know what? As long as you respond in kind in your gift. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. They will... Yes. You know? And I mean, we, what's the typical gift at a wedding? It's, it's usually you you cover the cost of the plate. Yeah. At a typical wedding. Yes. Most of the time you give a little more. Yes. But, you know, and if if somebody doesn't accept it, then you don't have to go to their wedding. Absolutely not. And but you know what? We have talked about it if because we weren't under the impression we were going to get a plus two here. And 
we were just going to say, you know, do you want to go? Do you not want to go? And, like, whoever volunteers to go, goes. And yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And, like, no hard feelings. Like, you get the night off. You don't have to go to a wedding. Listen, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're shitty. Yeah. It's a crap shit. We know. Believe me, <laughs> he would have loved to, to be able to take one of the weddings off. This yeah. Time. It's a crap oh shit. God, but then that's yeah. another positive thing about it, though. If somebody needs a night off, they get a night off. Yeah. You know, that's like, nice. there's always somebody to step in. Yep. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you have any words of advice for anyone out there looking to get into a thruple? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, be open to it. And don't hate on anybody who is in one like I did. Like, I've learned from that because, really, when you're in one, it's a different experience than being on the outside looking into it. So, like, try it, you know, before you poo-poo it and don't yuck anybody's yum. And uh, if you want... Listen, a lot of people are looking for a third these days. It's very, like... Nouveau riche, you know, like right. it's, it's all like what everyone's doing these days. So they're out there. It's always been there. It's just more in the open now. It's yeah, just more in the open now. Yeah, right? no more upside down pineapples or whatever shit goes on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently there are loofahs now that they're putting on the cars in Florida. Yeah, huh? Did oh, you hear, hear of this? That, no. Yeah, instead of the upside down pineapple for the swinging, okay, they put a loofah, a loofah. on the the uh, antenna. The antenna. Why? To, to say that to they're swingers. To let them know that they're swingers and they could be... Really? Yes. You have to look ah! this shit up. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah. hysterical. It's, it's almost like the, the hanky code. Yeah. Back right. in the day, yeah. you know? It's yep. like... Oh, my God. That needs to make ride. a comeback. The hanky code. The hanky code would solve... So, if... You know what? They need to put hanky code on Grinder. Yeah. That way, you can just look at the hankies. Yeah. And, and like... Know, yeah, like, oh, but that guy's hot, but he's in the piss play. Oh, no, thank you. You know, like... Exactly. I know. But every single one of them is going to be tops only, tops only, tops only, tops only, tops yeah. only. Yeah, yeah, right? And then they get to your house, and they're like, their legs are over their heads. It's I like, nah, no, no. Days. I do not miss the days of <laughs> I don't miss taking asshole pictures. I don't miss any of that <laughs> shit. Because oh it took a lot of time. And for a bottom, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. Uh huh. Yeah. And then when you get stood up and yeah. you've already oh my god, out oh, no, 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 and no, no, starved yeah, yourself yeah. for twelve and hours and shave, forget about oh, it. Oh my god, that shit grows. Oh god, no, it's the worst. I used to shave from my nose to my toes, <laughs> and after twenty four hours, it was shit. After yeah. eight hours, it was shit. So <laughs> yeah. like, if you got stood up, if I got stood up, it sucked. Yeah. I was just itchy and alone and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> And hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, we wish you guys all the best. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. You've you've been so happy this past year, it's and you can tell. Yes, you, definitely. So. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll bring him on. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd we'd, love, we'd to. love to have Wooly is on. Yeah. He'll make a night of it. Oh, fantastic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. In that case, we're going to move on to our next segment, where we, we, uh, wherein maybe, we maybe, take maybe. a look into my briefs. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, that was extra. Them some saggy balls. (laughs) (laughs) And tonight on a look into my breeze, we go to the American Bar Association, which had a meeting in New Orleans on Monday. Great place to meet. Great place to meet for lawyers. And they passed a resolution urging the U.S. Supreme Court to adopt ethic rules similar to the code of conduct all other federal judges 
must follow. What does that even mean? Well, what it is, there is a judicial code of judicial it's called the code judicial. of judicial conduct okay. that applies to all federal judges across the country except okay. the U.S. Supreme Court. Really? It has never been applied to the U.S. Supreme Court. But were some like now, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court. John Roberts he issued a report in 2011 saying. Oh, well, of course, we consult the Code of Judicial Conduct, and we consult other uh, legal advisors, and blah, blah, blah. But as we've seen over the past couple of years, they don't really seem to be applying the uh, yeah. Code of Judicial Conduct what very some strictly. Of the codes? Basically, it, it, the Code says that judges should avoid impropriety and even the appearance of impropriety in all activities. They should refrain from polit political activities, and they should recuse themselves from a case where their impartiality might be reasonably questioned because of financial interests or personal bias. Oh, Thomas! Oh, 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 sorry. Do you need something? Well, that's one of the things that people bring up is Clarence Thomas, because his wife he's a fucking has uh, advised so many of these groups that have had lawsuits before the Supreme Court. Yeah. And he has not recused himself from any of them. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So that's where a lot of that, that has come up recently. That's the man that wants to make his own marriage illegal, right? Oh, yeah. yeah he's oh, the okay. one. Okay, okay. He wrote, a, he wrote a concurrence in the Dobbs decision which ended abortion saying well while we're at it we should look at the uh you know the yeah. marriage you know, the marriage, marriage laws and, that yeah but it won't affect you know same uh, interracial marriage interracial marriage yeah it's like right. excuse me they're won't... basically judged on the same grounds yeah they rest on the same legal precedence so if you're gonna do one you're gonna you gotta, you have to do the other but... they kind of forget that so yeah so exactly. it basically it's gonna come down to whether congress can ever pass a law that applies the code of conduct to the court if congress and will this Congress, that's not going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. Right. But we now move on to our next story under this segment, which is about the Satanic Temple. Ooh, love them. Yes. <laughs> we love them. Yes, we well, do. it's not what you quite think it is. It really doesn't have too much to do with it's, Satanism. They, they kind of make fun of it. Yeah, it's a it's a non theistic religious organization, which okay. means they don't believe in any deity at all. Yeah, but it's been recognized as a religious organization by the U.S. federal government. Interesting. And they use satanic imagery to promote social equality, social justice, yeah. and the separation of church and state. They yeah. do a lot of good work. Yeah. And they say their mission is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people. And that because that uh, the group recognizes inviolability of the body as a key doctrine, it views all restrictions on abortion, including mandatory waiting periods, as an infringement on the rights of Satanists to practice their religion. Nice. Yes. Well, they had argued unsuccessfully against the Texas law uh, that was passed, which allowed uh, basically private citizens to bring their own cause of action to enforce. Yeah. And they kind of lost that battle. But the Satanic Temple announced recently that it's going to open a medical clinic in New Mexico offering medication abortion. Nice. It helps that New Mexico has some of the least restrictive laws on abortion, so that probably helps as well. Yeah. But the name of the clinic is going to be called... And I'm serious about this. It's going to be called the Samuel Alito's Mom's Abortion Clinic. Nice. Good. Named after, of course, the judge who wrote the Dobbs yeah. decision. To quote the founder, Malcolm Jarry, as he said in the news release, he's like, In 1950, Samuel Alito's mother did not have options. And look what happened. <laughs> so what it is, they are now... As part of giving out these medications, they're saying, well, you have to perform the religious abortion ritual. And all it basically is, is a recitation of two of the organization's principles, which basically say, 
one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone, and that beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. Wow. That's the whole ritual. That's the ritual. Yeah. Wow. So, awesome. Pretty ingenious of them. Uh, the services will also include uh, confidential telehealth screenings and virtual appointments, right. and they will send a prescription to the clinic's pharmacy partner, who will mail the med medications in a discreet package. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing the Lord's... Oh, you can't say that. They're doing the Satan's work. And they, they Yeah. Yep. And they say that they will also have licensed medical staff available for patient questions, and we'll have a 24-hour on-call patient hotline. And the Satanic Temple hopes to expand its services into other states, especially those that do not allow doctors to perform abortions. Wow. Wow. Good for them. So good for the Satanic Temple. I love loopholes, man. Ugh. Wonderful. Did you did you ever see the they have a documentary on the the uh, Satanic Temple? I have seen it. Yeah, I, I it's freaking awesome. fantastic. Yeah. When they got that statue of Baphomet yes, yeah, put up, that was brilliant. I thought absolutely brilliant and a great statue. Yeah, right, it's cool. Yes, it's time for the week in fascism. And this week, we have an actual plot to attack Baltimore power stations. Yeah. Law enforcement officials arrested Sarah Beth Clendaniel of Maryland and Brandon Russell of Florida on charges of conspiracy to damage energy facilities. Clendaniel told the source, I guess the FBI source, that she had a kidney-related terminal illness and was unlikely to live more than a few months. She wanted the FBI source to purchase a rifle for her within the next couple of weeks so she could accomplish something worthwhile before she died. What? The person she conspired with, this man Clint Russell, he is the 27-year-old leader of a neo-Nazi group called... Atomwaffen. And he was sentenced in, to prison in 2018 uh, after the FBI found an explosive device and ext extremist materials on him. Aye. But according to the uh, complaint, Russell encouraged attacks <coughs> on power stations and gave guidance on how to inflict the most damage while speaking to the FBI source. <laughs> Russell said that the attacks would cause a cascading failure of the power grid and putting holes in transformers is the greatest thing somebody can do. So Russell directed the source to speak with uh, the woman, Clan Daniel, who discussed potential attack sites. She sent links to the FBI source for infrastructure maps that showed the locations of five electrical substations. <laughs> but it's just because this isn't the first that we've heard of this. We no. had there were substation attacks in another state yeah. uh, about a month or so ago. So this is going to be an ongoing like an issue, ongoing it looks thing. like now. But that affects everybody. You're not affecting just one, like, the group of people you hate. You're affecting everybody. Your friends, your family, like... These extremists... They don't care. They're, ni they're nihilists. They're ni or nihilists, however you want to pronounce the word. They don't care about building anything. They just want to tear down. That's all they want to do is tear down. That's terrible. It really is. Then, next up in this week in fascism, we got a whole shitload of school censorship going on. Great. A uh, plays. A plays. Oh, wonderful. The Laramie Project, the script was banned from classrooms after a local mother petitioned the school that it be removed from the curriculum after she removed the daughter from the class in which it was being taught, alleging the school was teaching critical race theory and that students were being trained to feel like victims 
and to be hopeless that they can change social justice or change injustice because we're not teaching them about the tools they have right there at their disposal to make a difference. So after this one person's complaint, it was reviewed by an internal committee at the school, and they recommended that the curriculum remain. But then the Lansing Board of Education, this is in Lansing, Michigan, the Lansing Board of Education, by a vote of four to three, voted to remove the play from the school curriculum. Wow. Now, there's the Tectonic Theater Project, which is the project headed by Moises Kaufman, the man who wrote The Laramie Project. They are now encouraging Lansing students affected by the ban to contact the organization with their name and mailing address, and they will get <coughs> a free copy of The Laramie Project Beautiful. for them, for their Good own for personal them. reading. But that's, that's idea. I mean, absolutely insane. I've done The Laramie yeah. Project. There's nothing in there obscene, sexual. It's, just, it's a true story. What's obscene? is what happened to that boy but, and the reason why this was written. Well, you're going to see a pattern developing here with, <coughs> after my next story. Because in uh, Florida, in Duval County, which I discussed in last week's episode mm -hmm. about their feel-good video from the school board there about how to censor books in the classroom yes. libraries. Well, now there's a school there called the Douglas Anderson School of the Arts and they were set to perform the play Indecent, written by Paul Vogel. The play Indecent, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a play that depicts the true story of this man named Sholem Ash and the controversy surrounding a play that he wrote in 1906, a Yiddish play called God of Vengeance. And what the controversy was about the play was because there's a lesbian couple as part of the story. And there's a whole scene where they profess their love to each other and they yeah. kiss. <gasps> We've seen a local production of it. It was very, yeah, good. It was very good. Nothing obscene, nothing sexual about it. But the school decided, nope, they, they announced the production had been shut down and would be replaced by The Seagull by Anton Chekhov. Oh, Jesus. More Are you freaking kidding? In an email sent to students, the school's principal cited that a closer review of the mature content of Indecent led them to the conclusion that Seagull is better suited for a school production. Yeah. I mean, I mean the play is about the censorship of a play. Yeah. That's what this play is about. And yeah, you're going to censor this censor play. The the play about censorship. You oh, fucking idiots. And the, the worst thing about it is before this, the school produced the, the musical Chicago two months earlier oh. and produced a musical Rent in 2021. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, okay. So what's the problem here, guys? Bandwagoning. That's right? And then as we reported last week in Ohio, they canceled the production of the 25th annual Putnam Spelling Bee. Why? Uh, because of its vulgar language, <sighs> its depiction of Jesus, and there's two gay parents. Oh, oh no. Oh no. This is the it's shit we're life. dealing This is the shit we're dealing with now. It's not their life though, and they don't want to see it. It's well, like then fucking move to the mountains where where you got nobody around you because we're all over the place motherfuckers and we're visible. I mean, I mean, what do all three of these plays have in common? They all involve gay content. Oh. Queer content. And, and what's being attacked right now? Yeah. It's just, it's all part of a pattern. Yep. And I swear, these, these pride marches this year, they better be just more than glitter and makeup and drag queens. We need to start protesting again. We really fucking do. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even throw drag queens in there because drag queens are No, because they're the ones fighting the battles. They're the ones too. fighting the battles on this more than a lot of other gay people. Yeah. As per usual. Yeah. Very you know, uh, true, I apologize. We for all that. need to like get our fat asses up and fucking start fighting for each other instead of fighting each other. Because it's just we're it's like we're fighting the same battles we fought 
fought for the past 50 years we all over again. All over all again. The corporate out of pride. Yeah. Corporate needs to leave. Goodbye, all these sponsors. Yep. Shit. Go back to the grassroots. And it goes back to a rally march. Yeah. Yeah. We remember those marches. Yeah, we do. We remember, I mean, even the, the Huntington March, when we marched in Huntington, having the, the, the Bible thumpers on every corner. Oh, of course. Screaming at us. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? We just screamed louder. Mm-hmm. We were at the marriage equality marches in Manhattan. Yep. Screaming louder than yep. everybody else. Yeah. Walking past that freaking church. That's, I mean, this, I mean, I mean, if you heard Sarah Huckabee Sanders' response to the State of the Union, it's all on these social and cultural issues. Yeah. Which, of course, involves a queer community. That's what they're going to be, that, that's what they're running on now, are all these social issues. Well, what's the threat? Like, what is the big There threat? is no there threat. Is they're, they're making it a threat. They're making it a threat to scare people. Because okay. they, they'd rather govern by fear than anything else. But they're just a bunch of hypocrites who are, are just getting shit cancelled for everybody. And we have to stop saying they. We can call Republicans out for what Republicans do. Yeah. All right. And no, it's not just the Republicans. The Democrats need to fight harder for no everybody kidding. in the country, too. We need something so too. pleasant and accommodating. And no, then it's all fucking go away. If they want yeah, to hoot holler the at a fucking State of the Union address, well, then hoot and holler right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, as I get to our next segment, I was going to talk about that. So we'll go right into it right now. Yes, it's time for We Like to Watch. We do. And I guess we all watched the State of the Union address last night. We sure did. Mm-hmm. I watched that speech. It was it was Biden's best speech ever, I thought. Oh, yeah. yeah he had them. He, he was excellent last night. Yes. You know? I mean, for those who are worried, oh, he's going to be so old if he's reelected again. Well, last night I saw an old man who was feisty mm-hmm. as ever, uh-huh. who did what no other president has done in a State of the Union address, and that was engaged with the audience that was heckling at him. Yeah. No president's done that before. No, they ignored when they did to Obama. And now he gets his way because they publicly, on live TV. Well, he, that's me. he called him out about Social Security and Medicare. And he called him out truthfully because Rick Scott, on his Rescue America plan, talked about sunsetting all American laws every five years, and that would include Social Security and Medicare. And that little twit fucking blonde whore. Oh, God, I can't stand it. Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Taylor Greene wants to scream out, liar, 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 and he called her on it. Yeah, every time. What happened to decorum? What happened to... Uh, There is no such thing anymore. Well, that's, I mean, years, I mean, Joe Wilson, the congressman who called Obama a liar, he was, he was admonished by the House of Representatives. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's gonna happen uh, to Greene because McCarthy has no control. That's that's what he showed last night. McCarthy McCarthy has no control over his house. Last night. He, he has no control. He's the weakest speaker ever. Yeah. He can't control his party. He can't control the house. He can't control anything. No. Nothing is going to get done with him as the speaker of the house. And Nancy Pelosi is sitting there laughing her ass off at him. Yes, she is. But I, when I heard that speech, I was like, Joe's definitely running for re-election. That may as well Absolutely. be in a re-election speech. Really? Yes. Because of the way, I mean, the, the whole list of accomplishments, which he's right, the media does not do enough to promote. They're too busy promoting all the Republican bullshit talking points yep. instead of promoting what instead of revealing and showing what's, what Biden's what's done, done in two years, you know? Why? Why are we going down the same path of voting in an octogenarian? What, like, why? Why? Well, right now, number one, he's a standard bearer of the party. 
Yeah. They're, more times than not, the party goes with the incumbent president. Nobody's, no, I understand that. They're not going to go against they, him. The Republicans but... did it with Reagan. Yeah. Remember how old Reagan was? Yeah. And supposedly the last two years of his presidency, yeah, Nancy was he was right. suffering from Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's, is that going to happen with Joe Biden? We don't know. But I trust Joe Biden to address the problem if that arose, unlike when Reagan was when president. Reagan that, yeah. And at this point, I'd rather go with the experience and knowledge of Joe Biden. He showed it tonight. He showed it that he, night, last yeah. night. He last really night. did. I mean, I mean, Joe was not my first choice for the Democratic candidate. I was a Mayor Pete guy all the way. Oh, I still am. I still want Mayor Pete to run in the future. I think yeah. he'll be a great I think he'd, he'd be a, be great, a great, president. great president. He really would be. I wanted Hillary so she can get her vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, we ran the the Clintons they've never been that great for our community. That's why I Well don't forget Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage exactly. Act. Exactly. I'm not oh. too keen on the, the Clintons getting it. But I would have rathered her than oh, yeah. the orange. I just wanted to see, shithead. you know, fucking Bill being first gentleman. I yeah. think that'd been fucking hilarious. That been... He has to host the Christmas <laughs> thing. Like I just wanted to see it so bad. <laughs> How good would that be? Home mean... and gardens. Hey everybody. <laughs> Let me get my sax. <laughs> you know the sax Come on, that'd be great. Oh having my to decorate God. the White House. Yes. <laughs> Imagine him doing the Christmas tree yes. display. Yes. <laughs> I wanted him to do all those First Lady duties. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so what have you watched this past week, John? So I am a RuPaul's Drag Racer. Ah, just yeah, like Tommy. Okay. Too bad Tommy's not here. So I'm going to fill in for Tommy. So um, <laughs> it's... it's Good so far. It's not the best season, but it's not terrible. No. It's watchable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's not good about it? It's just feeling like this is the 15th season. It's like the same shit over and over again. Okay. Like, it's just getting stale at this point. Yeah. Like, you still I'm being told you can tell it's like scripted drama. Yeah, they're trying too hard these days. Okay. It's not as, like... And I can't say authentic. It was never probably authentic, but it was, you know, it's less authentic now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like the original ones when the, the drag queens were really drag queens yeah, and, and you know not professionals models. exactly yeah exactly. you know that girl needs to know what back room of a bar looks like and yeah. how to fix her wig with duct tape in two minutes like I need yeah. to know you know TikTok videos don't make you a drag queen it's you know well there are two TikTok a, that's sugar and spice yes, right exactly they're from Long Island you know they are from Long Island yes and we know people that know them oh yeah and they're not like that in real life. No, of course not. Of course not. Listen, it's all an illusion. Yeah. It's, it's whatever you want people to see is what you put out. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But I don't think, inf- you know, influencers, you know, more power to you. You're doing what you do. You're making money off it. Listen, That's great. You'll get My money. My company uses the influencers. You are getting money. Keep getting that money, guys. But let the entertain the stage entertainers Keep their Let the professionals steps, keep doing you know, what they're yes, doing. Yes, that's my point. Try being, you know, a dancer. Try being a singer. Try all that stuff. But, like, also know that, you know, you're not a hot shit. Like, calm it down a little bit. Calm, like calm it a little bit. Calm it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, love you all. Love the TikToks. Oh, we love some TikToks. But I love myself a good drag show. Yeah, it's nothing like it. But apparently this um, summer on Fire Island, they're trying to bring back, like, the old school shit. They're all, they're doing like a Legends series. Oh, like, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
So I'm hoping that the construction goes well and everything yeah. is fantastic. I'm yeah, no kidding. That'd be interesting. Because the guys from Key West own it now, right? right? Yes. The, the conglomerate yes. or whatever. And from Daniel Nardicio is spearheading all of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he puts on good shows. Yes, he does good work, so I'm, I'm excited. And it sounds like they want to restore it rather than make it something different. Good. I hope so. I hope so. So that space, it's a great space, and it's an I think I got it's an historic space. Yeah, I think I've gotten fucked in every corner. I mean, that's yes. where the original Smith's Hotel was on yes. on on the yeah. island. You know, yeah, definitely. That fireplace like, in that in that in that original. space that's that from the original from building. The original yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. So, like we should start honoring these places because these are very holy places to people. Yeah, and right. It's we should be paying tribute to. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah. What's come before and in, in a modern way, of course. You know, I mean, back in our time, it was Michael's was the worst thing that burnt down. The the little the diner basically the diner. It was like the island it's diner. The, it was oh, the only really? place. It was of, like the Flins. The, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the only. Place a poor kid could go to get, yeah, to get some food. Some food in yeah. the morning. Everyone you go there go before getting on the last ferry or whatever. And, you know, and, and, and and toast and yeah, a cup of coffee. Spot. Yeah, that was a shame I that burned down. I missed the leather shop that was in the back of it. You used to have to walk through the tarp. Yep. Anyway, have you watched anything else besides RuPaul? It's kind of very dry right now in TV land. Okay. So is, I'm right? re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine <coughs> with the boys. The boys have never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So, uh, yeah, we're just binging the shit out of that. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch the Grammy Awards? I did watch the... Uh, no, I watched the, the red carpet of the Grammy Awards. Ah, uh, okay. And I saw clips of the actual show. I like, watched clips also. I didn't shit, watch the actual went, thing. Yeah, shit went... Down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit more about one of the acts that got okay. uh, scandalized, yeah. which is so ridiculous. Well, but I was glad to see I was glad to see Beyonce become the most uh, honored yeah, performer in Grammy in history. Yeah. yeah, she is. So good for her. She was tied at 31 with a Hungarian composer, I believe. Oh, okay. And then the 32nd put her over. Yeah. Yeah. Although I know there's still controversy about her not winning album of the year. Well, listen, she got dance album of the year. And you know what? That was a dance album. And it was dedicated to the gays. But can I remind you, she was just in the Middle East performing for, you know, $35 million. And yeah. what's the policy over there, B? Yeah. yeah. So right? you're going to say, I love you guys, but then we don't exist over there. You know, like... Yeah. So you need to pick a side here, girl. Like, Have you heard the album, Renaissance? I love it. I like some of I it. I listen to it all summer long. I hate that song, Thick. Okay. It is just so annoying to me. And okay. it's just, she can do better than that, I think. So you we know? have a joke, because we listened to it so much uh, over the summer, that uh, it was time for Big Frida's stroke of the day, because the song you know, would come on with okay. in the background, sounding like she's having a stroke. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It was good. It was. I thought it was a very good album. It was. A, listen, it was a dance album. I guess. <laughs> but like album of the year, nah. Let somebody else have it. Like you won dance an album. You made a dance album. That's, yeah. That's all it is. Like. Yeah, well, you I think people are upset not only that she didn't win, but that Harry Styles did win. <laughs> yeah, but look at him. I mean, he's a little cutie. He is very cute, but that outfit on the red carpet, we'll have to talk about. Yeah, he's getting he's uh, getting yeah. called out for his outfits now because someone at one point, I I don't know who it was, compared him to Bowie. Well, that was a very Bowie esque outfit he was wearing. Yeah. But, but he's like, no stop, David Bowie, a, please. Stop trying too hard. Like I love we that. get it. You we get that you're Listen, all open to all sexualities and I genders. We get that it. The Grammy carpet is meant for to take the risks. Like that's when artists take the risks, and that's why you get these crazy costumes. But like Shania Twain did it wrong. You know, like but then you have who the fuck we were just talking about? Harry Styles. Thank you. It, it just seems. Uh, 
It doesn't. It's not contrived. It's not new. It's not exciting. No, it's not. It's been done before, and it's been done better. So, like, get your own shtick. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I know. Yeah, but he's cute. He is very cute. He's very, <laughs> he's very nice to look at. And he's a good entertainer. He entertains yes, he is. the crowd when he's on that Plus, stage. He's a former boy bander. Like, yeah, he was yeah. raised to be a good entertainer. Right? right. Yeah. And he is. But album of the year, maybe not. I really don't listen to any of his stuff. I just like looking at him. <laughs> okay, on mute. All right. I'm old. I'm a dirty old man. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> you know that. I do. I do. You have to guard my nipples whenever. <laughs> so, Stephen, what did we watch this week? Jesus, what have what haven't we watched? Well, what did we I fall watched, asleep on? Is that the one I'm putting out of my mind? Probably the one you made me watch. That's yes, like and, I, and I fell asleep language. there because it was so boring. So I'm reading a movie, and he and everyone's me telling watch. me what a great series it is. What is it? What is it? Andor. Andor. On the Disney Channel. Oh, that's... Oh, it's that's just, a, it's a Star one. Wars movie. Uh, that's a different one. That's not in the other And language. it centers <laughs> on a character named Caspian from the movie Rogue One. Star okay. Wars Rogue One. I was like, when I saw it's him, It's a prequel like, movie. Who is he? Patrick's he had like, no idea oh, who the character was. He's in the background was. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I've never like, seen a Star Wars. Oh, so Wars, we're making so a movie no about a So I figured, all right, this might be interesting. Let's watch it. It was... I was so bored. I felt... I wasn't... Didn't fall asleep because I was tired. I fell asleep because I was bored. Wow, really? And I had to okay. keep waking him up because if I'm going to watch this shit, he's going to fucking yeah. watch this shit. Yeah. I don't want you asking me, like, we what happened? What happened? Did you pay attention? We watched one episode. That was it. I'm like... And I had people saying, oh, keep watching. No, no. No, I hate those shows. I hate those shows. I don't care. It should be good for me I mean, yes, I understand. I understand first episodes is a lot of exposition and setup. Yes. I don't care about that. I can deal with that. But I still didn't know this was still what anything was after the first at the first episode. Yeah. I didn't know who he was. It's like, what? I, and we, then there we, was a film we that, watched that you totally... That was the one in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. it was a film called Bardot, A False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths. It's a Mexican film. Sounds... Have it's actually no been nominated for a few Oscars. What the fuck this movie was about? Okay. It's the story of this journalist who became a documentary filmmaker, and he's receiving this award, but he goes back home to Mexico. But everything he experiences or sees is in a surrealistic manner. You don't know what if what you're watching is real, real? Okay. or a dream okay. or... Like at one point he's having conversations with his parents and you know that they're, they're both dead, dead already. And oh stuff. wow, okay, that's cool. And it's beautiful cinematography. Yeah. He yeah. does all, almost everything is filmed in these long shots. Yeah. Where it's just, you just see this yeah. long shot through the whole camera. Wow. Almost the whole film is done that way. Yeah. It really, the cinematography is That's outstanding. Nice. Great camera work, but. It really is. What the fuck? It, yeah, it's a movie you might want to have to watch what a second time, but overall, I enjoyed it. Did you guys watch White Lotus? Yes. Oh my God, yes. Yes, we did. Okay. <laughs> so, good. so good. I just made, wanted to make sure that you've seen Love that. Love White Lotus. Oh, so good. Don't blame the gays for Jennifer Coolidge. It's not our fault. It's the script writers. <laughs> We would never harm Jennifer we Coolidge. Would never harm we would never her. harm Jennifer. <laughs> we all want to be her. Yeah, we do. Right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> and what else did we watch this week, Stephen? Um, did was it this week or last week that we watched the the Bob the Drag Drag Queen comedies? <laughs> that was a couple of weeks ago. We watched that. Yeah. No, we watched Miss Cracker. We watched Miss Cracker. Miss Cracker ain't no. She had a comedy special. She wasn't that funny. Not funny. And had her comedy. She would have been good, like at. 
be ice pals after a few cocktails. Yeah. But not for this. This was, yeah, she was not yeah, good. It didn't seem scripted enough for a special. She ain't no Bob the Drag Queen. Yeah. No, did you ever see Bob the Drag Queen comedy oh, yeah. specials? Yeah. That bitch is fucking funny. And I've seen Cracker. I, fun fact, I was actually her personal assistant when I was at her show. Really? really? Was, yeah. Oh shit! I mean, yeah. my I've my days upstate, Stephen Patrick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they produce events. Yes. Uh, Big Gay Hudson Valley, uh, which is now, I believe, Pink Stallion. Yes, that's for the adult events. So plugging them in this. Yes, there yes. Go. There you go. Um. So they put on Miss Cracker at the Orchard, and seen knew how much I loved Miss Cracker. I was like, Hey, do you want to be your bitch for the day? I'm like, Absolutely, I do. <laughs> she was very nice. She was very cool. She signed whatever I want. Like she was, she was, and she was legitimately like low key nice. Like she was. Oh not, wow, yeah. that's cool. So she's a nice person though. So I yeah. think it's. I mean, that. I've seen a her comedian, on stage. Maybe not, but a nice person, yeah. wonderful person. I've seen her on stage. Yeah, and she's great. Yeah, she's very entertaining. But yes. this this special, and it yeah. wasn't a recent one. It was. It was from last year. I was think. it last year? Last or year, two, two years, years ago. ago. It, I think it was her first special. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was um, disappointing. It was a little disappointing. Yeah. yeah. And it also has to do with the you know the audience has a lot to do with it too. Absolutely. Oh yeah. The audience oh, is quiet. Yep. What else did we watch? We also watched that documentary. Do you remember that? Which one? About the history of black films in the sixties and seventies. Yes. Oh, wow. That was a great. It was on. It's on Netflix. It's called "Is That Black Enough for You?" Yes. Ooh, okay. Must watch it. It's excellent. Yeah. It basically covers, it's primarily about the development and history of black films through the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And the, especially like the black, expo- the, the black exploitation. Yes, 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 yes. And it really tells about how they developed and their influence on mainstream cinema. One of the things they brought out, which, which is probably very true, is about how they made such use of of movie soundtracks. Yeah. That they would sometimes promote the soundtracks before the film before was released. Before the film was released. Oh, wow. Okay. And that they didn't, film soundtracks didn't become a big thing till after, after. they did that. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But they had interviews in there with Harry Belafonte. Oh, my God. So many interviews with so many different people across the spectrum. Samuel L. Jackson. Yep. Pam Greer. Pam Greer was on. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Pam Greer. Uh, she was one of the main segments. Plus, she was on. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, with, yep. you know. But I mean, and who was the other? It was Harry Belafonte I can't remember and now. Olivier. No, Olivier. not Olivier. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking I about? The other, the other actor. I don't know what you then. mean. Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier. Okay. Poitier. Poitier. Academy Award I mean, just winner. So, I mean, yeah. he was always just so sharp. And, Suave. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so big thumbs up to his app block enough for you. Definitely yeah. check it big, out. Big thumbs up. That's a really good film. And I think... Oh! Last night, we watched an old classic movie that we've, <laughs> that we've seen before many we've a time. seen it a hundred times. I own it on DVD. Seen it a hundred more times. But we watched it on Tubi last night. And it was... It's a 1975 film called Death Race 2000. I've never even heard oh of Oh my god. It's, Do you have Tubi? Yeah. Okay. You look Tubi, for it. Okay. Look for it. It's, but it's the original, not the remake. Yeah, don't go for the remake. The, the remake, remake is sucks. nothing. The, re, the, the, the original. Now? It's a movie produced by Roger Corman, who's like the king of the B movies in uh-huh. the 60s and 70s. And it's directed by a name uh, a man named Paul Bartel, who directed a famous film called Eating Raul. I 
don't know if he ever saw that. No. He made that with him and his. It was him and his wife Mary Warren of, who's also in this in movie movie. too. She plays one of the drivers, and it takes a place in a futuristic America where it's now the United Provinces of America. We apparently now rule countries over in China and over in Asia and everything, and they have this this transcontinental death race to entertain the masses. And, of course, each one of them has a different persona. One's a gangster, one's a cowgirl. There's Calamity Jane, just played yep. by Mary Warren of. There's a young Sylvester Stallone really? playing Machine His Gun Chova Turbo. This was right before he filmed Rocky. Rocky. Yeah, wow. and he's one of the drivers in it. it uh, David Carradine is the, the main character. He plays, he plays Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Because okay. he's been in all these accidents and he's disfigured Hilarious. and everything. And while this race is going on, there are these rebels led by a woman named Thomasina Payne okay. who want to destroy the race or disrupt it and start a revolution against uh, the country then. Right. And that's because the whole... during the race, it's, it's a car race, but you get points for every human you pick off. Yes. Okay. That's the whole point. Yeah, okay. you run the down younger, people. The younger they are, you you kill one in a baby carriage, that's like 150 points and gotcha. you know, okay. elderly people Death are this, yeah. this many points and it's fucking hysterical. The film was considered very violent at the time when it came out. But you can tell it's but tomatoes. They, yeah, they yeah. throw ragu on these guys. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's, but it is so, it's a fun movie to watch. It really fun. is. Okay. It's like sit back, smoke a dude. Yeah, it's yeah. like get the, the popcorn. It's like a, it's a seventies movie that had the you know the the one titty scene where yeah, the yeah. the girls are getting massaged and then they start fighting. With yeah, the, with oh, the that's great. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, it's. Oh. And Gopher is Gopher in the movie. From Love Boat. Fred Grandy? Gopher? Yes. I love Gopher. He plays the navigator he for plays... the German driver. They're Nazis, Nazis. of course. <laughs> and he's the navigator. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but you got you gotta watch it. Okay. Yeah. Highly recommend it. It's a brain dead movie to watch. Great. And it's it's so yeah, it's fun. Funny. It's just fun to watch. Okay. It's really so funny. Is. We now move on to our next segment. God, Karen, you are so stupid. God, Karen. Yes, it's time God, for Marjorie. You're so stupid. It's time for stupid people. And at the top of the list, we have none other than Joe Rogan. Oh, oh, gee, what did them ass fucking twit do now? Well, we have to go back a little bit. I think there's some background to the story. You've all heard of Representative Ilhan Omar, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Muslim immigrant congressman who was recently removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Yes. And that was related to a tweet that she made in 2019 when she tweeted that the Republican Party backed Israel thanks to a steady stream of money from the pro-Israel lobby group APAC, saying it's all about the Benjamins baby. She later apologized for it, saying, you know, sorry, I need to get better educated on anti-Semitism. But that was used against her in this. Of course. Well, it came up on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh And he said that he believed Omar did nothing wrong. He said, the idea that Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. That's like saying Italians aren't into pizza. It's fucking stupid. Can you imagine? He's an idiot. Why do people still make this mistake? Yeah, it's like, what is wrong with you? He's an idiot. What is wrong with you? But unfortunately, he has said shit similar to this in the past. past. And Spotify still has him on. They still carry him. In fact, they've made no comment about any of this. No, they won't. Because he's the most popular podcaster on Spotify. Oh, yeah, making a lot of money. Right? 
really is. So, to Joe Rogan, all we can say to you, and to Spotify... Stupid! You're so stupid! Yes. Yeah. You felt stupid. But they're not the only ones! Oh, no. If you were, since you watched the Grammy Awards, yeah. did you watch the performance of gay singer Sam Smith and transgender woman singer Kim Petras perform the song Unholy? You know what? I didn't, because I can't stand Sam Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of him either. But I saw the I saw hubbub. the video. I saw the hubbub, yeah. Only because, I only saw the video. I didn't hear about it. Because so of the hubbub about it. Because Ted Cruz, we said that it, this is evil. And Marjorie Green wrote, This Grammys featured Sam Smith's demonic performance and was sponsored by Pfizer. And the satanic church now has an abortion clinic in New Mexico that requires its patients to perform a satanic ritual before services. American Christians need to get to work. Aww. Charlie Kirk, who's the founder of Turning Point USA, wrote, The Devil, brought to you by Pfizer. Because apparently, I guess, Pfizer was one of the sponsors of the Grammys. Okay, they say we're Jesus going to hell, Christ. and then we dress as devils, and then they have a problem with us dressing as devils. Like, pick, like, what? Pick then one. there's the Daily Wire founder, Ben Shapiro, who wrote, The elite in our society are fully in line with the ideology of satanic fealty expressed by Smith and Petrus. So what's the story with Satan and the transgressive ideology? For most of religious history, Satan was the great villain, an emblem of rebellion against the good and the true, a symbol of resistance to the holy. If you actually listen to what the song's about. It's about a man cheating on his baby mama. Mm -hmm. who's popping out his babies while he's screwing around with some woman. Uh -huh. That's what the song's about, infidelity. Now, I'm going to post the actual performance on our bonus material. I watched the performance. Ooh, it's all in red lighting, and everyone's in red costumes, mm -hmm. and Sam Smith's wearing a, a top hat with horns on it. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, my God. That's about as satanic as it gets. Yeah, there's no pentagrams. There's no blood. There's not, like, there's none of that there's shit. There's nothing. Yeah. It's a performance. Yeah. What a bunch of idiots. Yeah. So, to all you right-wing nannies... A bunch of idiots. ...who don't know shit from Shinola... Stupid! You're, you're so stupid! stupid. Can't get much more stupid than that. Yeah. Really can't. And they said we're butthurt. They're the ones constantly butthurt. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, at least when we're butthurt, we got a reason. It's about something legitimate. Like, <laughs> it's not about a costume. Right? Or a book. No, it's a dick in my Or butt. a drag queen reading books to kids. Like, uh, it's insane. Well, next up, Julie Andrews, take us away. Raindrops on roses. Whiskers on kittens, white copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Yes, it's time for five faves. And last week, in honor of Black History Month, since we did our five favorite deceased queer African Americans, this week we're doing our five favorite living Woo! queer African Americans. So who wants to go first? Don't rush the volunteer. Like, oh, no. Well, my first one is Billy Porter. Oh, okay. Definitely. I don't know Good if choice. he's African or if he's just black, but according to everybody that says African-American, it's the whole group, but I know that's not the group. But Billy Porter is somebody worth mentioning. Yes, definitely. Inspiration, not just to black men, but to black women, black actors, gay actors, and actors gay act HIV. people all over the place. Yeah. People with HIV. I mean, he is just an inspiration to so many. Yeah. 
So many. And it took him a long time to get, the, to get uh-huh. the respect he's getting today. And he still doesn't get the respect he deserves. And his outfits are phenomenal. Oh my God, he dresses fabulously. Oh my God. There is no question. So that's my first. That's your first, Joyce? And who's number one on your list? I'm going to go with somebody who speaks their mind, who shed her public image to be who she truly wanted to be, and that is Miss Raven Simone. Ooh, right. good choice. Yes. Yeah. All right, very good choice. You know, she said, fuck Disney, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, she this did. This is who I, I am. am like, me. I'm yep. married yeah. to this beautiful woman. Like, I'm happy. Like, fuck off. And she's a big proponent for the black community, for the queer community. Like, and she's unapologetic about it. And she's yeah. vocal about it. And we appreciate that in our corner. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she gets shit for it all. And the she does. And time. she does. And people want to target her and make her boo boo the fool. But, like, she is you know, doing the right thing. She's speaking out. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's up to me. Sure is. Well, I feel obligated to name him as one of my five faves, being that I mistakenly named him last week. As dead? Yeah, so I had to name him on this week, and that would be Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis. Even though, I mean, he was in the closet for years because he was known for doing his concerts at Westbury and then hitting some of the bars on the South Shore, Long Island, some of the gay bars. Mm -hmm. He was in the closet for a long time, but he did finally come out. Which weren't we all? And but the man, he oh, had, he had a beautiful voice. He just really did. He had a. Still does. Still yeah. does. He's, <laughs> he's still performing. He's, he's still performing. He's you know, performing. eighty-seven years old. The yeah. man's still singing and performing. He sure is. God Thank bless God. him. You know. So yeah. that's who. That's who was the first one on my list. All right. Who's number two for you, Stephen? Wanda Sykes. Ah, oh, two what's on my list. Man, 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 I got her first. <laughs> <laughs> her. You don't like Wanda. I well, love I've encountered Wanda a few times over at the Grove. Okay. And she's not the nicest person. And, yeah. Sometimes she can be bitchy mm-hmm. if she's had a day. Okay. Because mm-hmm. sometimes uh, the gay men over there can be quite pushy. Well, yes, I can understand so, that. Yeah, I can understand. I I can see where you're coming from. I've never had a bad experience with her. I've had, seen her out there. I've had conversation with her. I've only seen her as a performer. But as a performer, as an activist, yeah, you know, she's fantastic, she fantastic, yeah. right? She really she is does. fantastic. I, when woman. she did, when she had that week long stint on the Daily Show recently. She was yeah, great she on was that. Great on that. She really was. She was really great on that. Yep. All right. So that's your no, number no, two. Now, John. So. My number two is Miss Dominique Jackson. Oh, it's from my, my list too. Yes. <laughs> to her. Yes. So Miss Dominique Jackson. Oh my God. Is a trans legend. Yeah, yes. she is. is Has been through hell and She's back. Been through hell and back. Her picture should be in the dictionary under the word fierce. Yes. And because she is fierce. Portrayal of oh, a mother, mother of all mothers. A pose. Uh-huh. I mean, fantastic. I, Electra, Electra's one of the greatest queer characters in television yeah. history, yeah. and yeah. it's because of Dominique Jackson. Yeah. Absolutely, her portrayal, her demeanor, her, her delivery, voice, her everything her, about. Oh her. my god! Yeah. So, and she's just phenomenal. She and she, she's on in, Instagram and socials, and she's living her life, and yeah. she's right? great. She's wonderful. Love she's, her. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful woman. Yeah, definitely. All right, so you already got two of mine now. <laughs> so I think so my... it's going to be a shorter section. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Next one on my list then is Lil Nas X. I got him too. First of all, he's hot looking. Gorgeous. He hot. Yeah. 
And number two, he is ballsy as hell in his performances. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, his performances are takes risk, man. Yeah, he really and does. And will put it in their fucking face. Yeah. Hello, the he more tricked you all bitch. of America into a gay cowboy song. Uh, like right. fucking genius. Right. Uh-huh. And I was he reading was... about like what like he put up with a lot of shit from the hip hop community. Yeah, they didn't really. Uh, they weren't kind to him. No, not at all. So he's come a long way. Yeah. Good for him, man, you know? Yeah. So who's next on your list? Well, I only have one more that hasn't been mentioned. Okay. And that's MJ Rodriguez. Ooh. I I I loved her in pose. Yes. Phenomenal. But I love her personal stories too. She was also in the film Tick Tick Boom. Yes, she was. was. Yeah, she was in there. She's she's a beautiful woman, beautiful heart, good actress, great actress, and deserves more than what she's getting. And she's the first transgendered actress to win. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and just keep powering on, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Power on. Right. Yep. Definitely. So who's who do you have on your list? I have three left. Well, give us one of them right now. I. I am going to say Miss Niecy Nash. Ooh, okay. I'm not familiar with her. Niecy Nash is a comedian. Okay. okay. And she was on Reno 911. I didn't watch her on Reno 911. But is she African American? Yes. Is. I know you're talking about that. So yes. She was on Scream Queens, a Brian Murphy yes. project. Yes. And as Officer Denise Hemsfield, she's I she live, was great in that I role. I live, I live for her. She, but every character she plays, it's her. Like yeah. it's her, Niecy Nash playing this role. And I want, I give me more, give me more, give me more. She recently came out, and I believe she recently married as well. Oh okay. wow! Yeah. So yeah. Great. Well, congratulations to her. Yeah. Keep fighting the fight. Yeah. yeah exactly. Welcome to the family. Well, officially. Yeah. <laughs> the last one I have on my list and this is the last one, right? We've already talked about. Bob the, Bob the drag queen. Bob the drag queen. I love Bob. Just love bottom. Bob. Oh Gotta my god. Bob. Yeah. Purse first, bitches. Oh, uh, purse first yeah. is everything. I'm sorry. That's yeah. the iconic moments of RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. Purse <laughs> first. But there are a few drag queen performers that I'm like think are great. Marla, uh, Marla Jean Merman is on. Oh, uh, Marla, yeah. Marla Jean Merman, I'm yep, sorry, yep, yeah. is one of them. I love her. And Bob the Drag Queen yep. is on that list. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And Bob's incredible. Bob's all over the place. Bob's on HBO. Yeah. Bob's doing this. Bob's doing that. Bob, like, peep the people. And Bob's Bob. mother yeah. is in almost every show he does. Right? Bob's mother. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, good. He takes his mama with him. Good. That's a good boy. Right? Yeah. yeah. I can't believe him and Cracker was still a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no one else left on I your have list, no Stephen? Left on my list. And who do you have on your list yet, John? Well, I have Miss Kiki Palmer. Ooh. She is a bisexual legend. Okay. Um, she is she is one of the young actresses today that like Little Nas X that just will fucking speak her mind and I don't really give a shit how you feel about me I know how I feel about me and I feel wonderful about me so whatever you're gonna tell me I don't really give a shit because I'm gonna still speak my mind and Good. I can't get behind that more like she's such a like class act she's so like just I respect the shit out of her she's wonderful she's funny she's creative she's she's everything she's beautiful she's great she's wonderful and now the last one I have on my list is a little controversial okay Uh-oh. because technically they're not a hundred percent out but they should be okay and that is Miss Queen Latifah. I think she's acknowledged that she's a lesbian by now, okay. but she does not. She doesn't publicly yeah. talk about. Which I have a problem with in some ways, I you don't. know. And you know what? I don't. 
because I recently, I was watching somebody and um, it was two famous people. One was giving advice to the other and saying like, keep your personal life for you. Like, personal. The, yeah. The public, something that's the public just wants yours. every bit of it. Don't give them every bit of it. They don't deserve every bit of it. You should keep some for yourself. And I respect the fact that she has lived her life in, listen, closeted. She still lived a damn life. She still had a girlfriend. You know, she still was doing yeah. what she had to do. Right. And she was none of your business. But on the other side of she that. She use her fame for good. She couldn't hide that she was black. Correct. Yeah. You know? It's a luxury to be able to be in the closet. But she could hide that she was a lesbian. Yes. Yeah. I got a little bit of a problem with that. And which is fine, which is valid, and I will agree, but then on the, you know, the grass is green, and the flip side of that is her herself, she was true to her herself. She yeah. stayed to herself. And you know what? Not not anyone, not every famous gay person has to be a champion for gay people. No. They don't. Of course not. Of they course don't not. have to bear that weight on their shoulders. And when it comes down to it, these people are still people, you know? Mm -hmm. So she's entitled to having her own thing going on without the public eye dictating every single move she made and criticizing her for it. And what happens if she became came out as a, a lesbian, a black lesbian? She would have never gotten the opportunities that she had. We don't know that. We don't know that, but in... We don't know that, but it's most likely. <laughs> but most likely, she wouldn't have been offered those opportunities. And she built a career for herself on her back. So I respect the shit out of her. And I think that she should come to more LGBTQ cookouts and we can have some fun. Yes. Come to our barbecues, honey. <laughs> You'll like my food. You'll eat my potato salad, I swear. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, dear. But now that we've exhausted that topic... It is a shame, though, that she didn't come out. Yeah, I agree. It is a I, shame. I do, I do see your point, and I do agree with you. You know? Point, but I think I, it puts more stress on them not coming out. Yeah. You know, them and their relationships. Like, well, how sure. many relationships strain. could have been better if she was able to, like, go to a restaurant But fame is all of that. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, it's, yeah it's Carrie. It's every move you make. So, I don't know. I, res yeah. I respect that she did something for her. Yeah. All right. All right. All right? <laughs> I'll accept that. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll now move on to our next segment. Get off my lawn. <gasps> did you hear me? I said get off get my lawn. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. Oh, oh boy. We'll let John go first for this one. Yes. All right. So I recently, living in Plainview to Melville, quick 10-minute commute to work, right? So I'd recently taken on the task of going from Patchogue to Melville. Now, I am, of course, leaving at you know the same time everybody else is. And I've discovered that Long Island has the worst drivers. And it's the people. <laughs> and I have a few examples of what my gripe is with this is... The fact that somebody's in the left lane going 50 and a 60, like, you're holding on, and then you yeah. look in front of them, and, and the cars are nowhere in no sight. Either. And you're just like, why are you taking up this lane right now? I have to get to work. And the left lane, middle lane, and uh, right lane are all going the same speed. Oh, God. And then so you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, even you, can't, you can't even get around them. And, like, you can't go into the fucking, you know, HOV lane because then you're going to get a ticket. Because uh, then, you know, the one time you do that, you'll get the ticket. So, anyway. Where's my life? And then, what's with people not using a turning lane? It's a whole <laughs> lane dedicated to you for your car to be in. Like, why are you in the middle of it? Get over. You yeah. just made me miss the green light. Like, what the fuck? Just get uh -huh. over. It's the people that have literally no awareness around them. They don't care who's around them. They're just driving for themselves. And on that, if I see another Prius, another pickup truck, or who else is bad? Another <laughs> Tesla. Those are the three oh worst God. offenders to me. For some reason. <clears throat> for some reason. So, 
Long Island traffic is my gripe this week because it sucks. I I've it noticed that we have a continuing pattern of complaints about driving on Long Island on this show. Yeah, really? it seems to come up on like every he other it's episode. Me. He or thinks so. I'm Mr. Road Rage because I brought it up last it's week about inattentive and drivers. And it's like no, he gets in the car and smokes a fucking bowl right away because he can't <laughs> deal with me even pulling out of the wow. driveway because I'll start cursing. You, yeah, have, you have to be an offensive driver though. You have to be. <laughs> That's him. That's me. I'm not a defensive. I'm an offensive driver. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's offensive, offensive driver. Yeah. Because these people, and the fucking electric cars, if you can't go more than 20 miles an hour, don't get on a goddamn parkway, motherfucker. And they get the HOV lane pass. Yeah, that pisses me off. Oh, And then God. they go 40 in it. Yeah, I know. And then they putt-putt. Oh. <laughs> and then when you're really stuck in the HOV, you're really stuck. <laughs> uh-huh. For two miles. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Steven, what's your My gripe graduate? of the week? Well, I really haven't left the house this week. Except to go shopping and to go, well, to my mother's, but he already talked about Long Island traffic. Right. I'm going to complain about parking lots. Mm. Cars in parking lots and them parking right on the line, the line. or over mm -hmm. the line. And I'll pull, I pull my truck right up and in and I'll make sure you can't get in your fucking car, motherfucker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or what about the ones that take up two spots? Like, oh, yeah. Like the uh, oh, they'll forward, angle themselves. The pull forwards? Yeah. yeah. It's. I mean, over here, we have a, a CVS we have to go to, and five, between five and seven. You can't go You there. can't go into the, get into the parking lot, because everybody at the gym has to park right next to the gym. Oh, God damn it. They're going to the gym. And there's and there's a kid's swim. Oh, uh, fuck kids. The pool, the, the yeah. swim classes and shit. Yeah. So the parents are all there, and you can't even get in the entrance, because they're parked in the entrance. Yeah. Like dicks. Like assholes. You can't get in. Self-entitlement. And they'll walk with their kids in the in the middle of the and street. They like do the, whatever like they need to. On their phone, yeah, looking down, uh, just yeah. walking, mm -hmm. not worrying about cars, nothing. Mm -hmm. Parents are stupid. Oh, I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, also, when I look in my rearview mirror and you're the slow person and I see your head down and you're on your phone, you can seriously get fucked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, phones in cars. I, I fucking can't stand. Can't stand it. Get sync. Sink it to the fucking car. Thank you. Having that said, what's your gripe? Motherfuckers. My gripe? Yeah. Oh, I got a good one Ooh, this week. give it to week. us. And it's about goddamn fucking Facebook. Ooh, what's wrong? He, he got... You're in jail? In jail. I was entrapped by Facebook. Yes. Happened? And I'm going to explain what happened this weekend. At the end of the night, I'm here on the computer looking at Facebook, and there's an online queer magazine called Gaiety. Yeah, I know Gaiety. And they have a Facebook account. Yes. And they post an article up there about penis piercings. Okay. And it's like an information article. The types there are, the mm -hmm. risks involved and everything. Not pornographic. Not, Not pornographic. pornographic. But it's informational. It was accompanied by a picture of a man in a blue bikini mm -hmm. and a piece of metal sticking out from the side. Now, of course, you can see the outline of his penis in oh, the yeah. bikini. You couldn't really see it. But it's not like it was erect. It's just there. Yeah, it's a penis. And But you're looking more at the piece of metal to the yeah. side. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, if I didn't notice the penis, nobody's going to know. No one's, no, yeah, no one's noticing. I so I thought, okay, they allowed Gaty to post this. It's all right to share this. And I go to share it, and I write on it. I can't even read this article. I'm shuddering just thinking, just at the idea of a penis piercing. That's what I write about it. A minute later, I'm suspended for six days. 
He's for violating the community standards on photographs showing nudity or sexual imagery. When did this start? Uh, was it Saturday morning, Saturday Sunday morning? Sunday. Yeah, it was oh, one of those yeah, over the weekend. Facebook claim. Yep. So I got to, of course, write an appeal to the oversight board, and I said, I shared a post that was already on Facebook. From, and, from, from a publication that pays Facebook to advertise there. I said, so, and you've done nothing to discipline them at all. They're still allowed to post. Yeah. I'm not. A little while later, that post from Gady was taken down. Was taken down. Oh, shit. You got them in trouble. <laughs> but they didn't get in trouble. They, they didn't get in trouble. Because later else. on, they had another article up there, and it shows some guy with his legs with his like legs this uh-huh. and with a the computer, computer screen in, in front of him. Oh, okay. So legs up in the air. With Since you guys can't screen. see, Patrick just tried to put his, his <laughs> leg, his knees around his ears. <laughs> It was unsuccessful. Unsuccessfully. Now, this to me, I'm at the point where I think I have a target on my back, and I'll explain you why. You do, because you've been in jail. Because before. this is not the first time this has happened. Okay. My other violations? Yeah. I once wrote in a comment in a post, I'll kill anyone who tries to take away my Turner Classic movies. Yeah. I was suspended for using the word kill. Yeah. Then I was doing a series of posts of parody children's books. Okay. And one of them was a picture of a monkey sitting in a children's chair at a children's desk. And the caption for the book says, Skippy denies the Holocaust. Oh my yes. God, that's terrible. He was I was suspended for that. For that. For false information. Then... You're going after the wrong False people. information. Then I was suspended. I posted a picture. <laughs> it was an article about perineum tanning. Oh, yeah. It makes you feel good. Right. Yeah. And the picture I posted of it shows two men on the beach. Yeah. They're in shadow. You really can't see them at all. Yeah. With their legs up in the oh, air yeah. like that. There it goes again. But... And the, the sun shining down. The camera's shooting the other way, so their legs are pointing this way. The camera's shooting this way. Yeah. They're Backs. You yeah. can't see anything. Yeah. I was suspended for that. Ah, that's bullshit. So when this one happened, I'm like, now we're getting into bullshit here. Because now, as far as I'm concerned, I was entrapped yep. by Facebook. And it's really frustrating because... Now, did you get a response back yet? No, I've heard nothing from the oversight board. Oversight no kind board. of response at all to my appeal at all. To my objection. I, I'm I'm thoroughly disgusted with with Facebook. I really am. I, I have generally enjoyed using it. It's been very helpful in communicating with friends and family members and everything. I yeah. use it to promote this podcast. Yeah. But there's only so much bullshit I can take where I feel like if you guys are going to keep on looking at what I'm posting, then maybe I shouldn't be on Facebook anymore. It's not even that they're looking at it. It's that they're, they're Republican. But it's the hypocrisy. Republican about it. They'll well, allow dress know? to be shown oh, in yeah, all varying show. states of undress and dress. But God forbid you show anything concerning a penis. I know. It's like, grow the fuck up. I was telling him, I'm, I'm in a couple of men's groups, men's Facebook groups and it, they have to they're constantly taking people's pictures down because you can't even put a picture up of a man shirtless <sighs> in these groups or they'll they'll penalize the group page. Penalize. Penalize. Get it? <laughs> they'll take the group down. Yeah. So you know what you have to do? You stop using Facebook, but you keep Facebook Messenger. This way you can keep in contact with people and... Well, I'm at the point, yeah, I'm going to maintain my accounts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to still use my oh, grumpy yeah. old gay men account to mm-hmm. help, you know... Post on the for the podcast yeah. and everything. I'm not going to be posting so much. I think on regular Facebook anything. anymore. Just don't. 
I'm it's just, ridiculous. I'm just, I'm disgusted now. I really post am. Post it all on Twitter. That's what I'm going to end up doing. Because you can't even. Post I mean, it right now, well, I, ha I have a grumpy old gaming account on Twitter. Yeah, I don't have my it. own. I don't so have my do. own personal account. That's what I may end up doing. You know, you can't even use the Instagram because it's connected to Facebook. It is. It's all owned by Meta. Meta. Yeah, but it's just like a bunch of bullshit. You, know, you guys win. You've had your target on my back for this long. Fuck yous now. I I'm not going to use you that much anymore. Then, yeah. and I wouldn't recommend you to anybody. No. And if I find some other viable social media service to use, not yeah, no, parlor. We're not signing up for parlor. Right yeah, no thanks. But it's just a shame. It really is. Let's bring back MySpace. Oh yeah, right? Yeah, the good old days of MySpace. Oh my god, yeah, I do miss those days. Oh my god, MySpace. It, I mean, I it just it's just the arbitrariness of it all, you know. I swear, MySpace taught people how to build a website. Mm -hmm. I know coding from MySpace. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of people got into coding because of MySpace because you did it all yourself. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. And they taught you. And you had a top eight, and you could crush people with it. Oh, yeah, I used to love having a top eight. <laughs> I would fuck with people and just move them down. Yeah. It was good times. 2006 was a wild year. Oh, my God. So that's the end oh. of my gripe for the week. That's the end of your gripe. And we now come to the conclusion of this week's episode. Oh, my goodness. So we want to thank John Sarg very, very much for being here tonight. My pleasure. Anything. Great to see you again. It's been Anything too long. Yeah, wonderful. And glad you were able to explain thruppledom. Yeah. <laughs> Any questions, feel free to Yes. Right. Let's let's do a photo, you know, a, a photo spread of you guys. Okay. Yes, we need to take some photos. Yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about his thruple. Oh, his thruple. Yeah. Yes. Wanna, you know. <laughs> You're gonna need more than I one want... fold out. That's uh... fine. Remember, I work for a publication. <laughs> <laughs> I get a call from my mother, John. Why did I just receive a magazine yeah. of you and your boyfriends? Yeah. I don't know. Oh my god! My goodness! Well, thank you again for being here tonight. I had a yes. Blast. Thank you for having me. It was so good to see you too. Definitely. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Definitely. It's been yeah. too long. It's been yeah. Too long. Uh, hopefully, uh, Tommy is out more often, and I'll fill in. Absolutely. Hopefully, you'll be a guest when he's here as a co-host again. <laughs> yeah. You know. And just remember, we're always home. We yeah. don't go nowhere. Same. Right? Exactly. Same. And I want to thank my husband for filling in for Tommy tonight. Uh-huh. Hopefully Tommy is not having too horrendous a tech week this I hope week. he's in hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure hopefully we'll hear about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can't follow us on Facebook until after Saturday. Uh, you can follow my my. Yeah, follow my husband, Stephen Prendergast. You can follow his postings. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. So on that note, we're going to say... Oh, well, wait, I gonna... also forgot to mention we have the blog. www.grumpyoldgameandandairdogs.com where you can get all of our episodes plus our bonus material where we post a lot of links to the videos to the things we talked about here on the show. This week we'll have some good bonus material. Oh, you know, yes. I actually have the Birth of a Nation lined and, up already. And some cute pictures of John. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> so on that note, I'm going to have to say have a good night, have a good week, have a good life, and we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches. Bye.